Welcome back to the Talking Pigskin Podcast. I'm your host, and I'm solo tonight. The Jag couldn't make it. Uh, we had some scheduling conflicts this week, so I decided to uh, hop on here last minute on Saturday night and try to just uh, do a rundown before Week Six action starts tomorrow. Uh, if I was, uh, I wouldn't have shown up either. Uh, if I went five out of fifteen, uh, and to to come and talk about football. <laughs> Just joking, buddy. That's the uh, that's the only pot shot that I'll throw your way. You're not here to defend yourself, and I only had uh, eight out of fifteen record last week. So, who am I to break balls? Anyways, uh, the only thing that uh, I guess is a positive coming off of the week five NFL season for myself was uh, I had four out of five of my uh, sort of locks locks of the week, so to speak. Uh, couple just squeaked it out, but uh, I had the biggest uh, margin of ranking in terms of power rankings for uh, the Rams matchup, uh, Patriots and Colts, Carolina against the Jets, Tennessee against the Bills, and Monday Nighter, New Orleans against Washington. Um, obviously, Tennessee was the only team that lost. They laid a dud on the road against Buffalo, and you could say that they played to their competition. You could say that... Uh, you know, a lot of people are probably saying that Tennessee's not as good as you may have thought early in the season. Um, and it still is early in the season, so I, I'm not willing to cast them off or, or one way or another. But uh, either way, uh, Rams game was closer than I expected, but with a divisional opponent in Seattle, it's very that's one thing that I definitely learned is that Seattle is still a tough place to play, and that team elevates its its level of play when they are playing at home. So Rams won by two. Um, New England won by 14. They won handedly. I never really felt like Indy was threatening to, to win that game. Um, Carolina, you know, Miracle was 63-yarder at the end of regulation to win that, so... I mean, that, that very well could have been a loss, too, and, and I had them ranked 23 spots higher than the Giants. Uh, like I said, Tennessee lost. That was actually the largest margin of of ranking uh, with 20, 24 spots, sorry, um, difference between Tennessee and the Bills, and that, you know, that wasn't ranked correctly by myself. Um, or Tennessee just played that terrible. But uh, and then the last one was New Orleans, and, and that game felt like it was just meant to be for for Drew Brees and the Saints to just go out and have that type of performance on a on a record breaking night for Drew. Um, you know they won forty three to nineteen. Um, so those were the the locks of the week. If you if you can be confident enough to say that there are locks in this NFL, where it really more than ever does truly seem to be a. Uh, any given Sunday type of, of league, eight and eight, with a couple couple differences that, that go either bounces that go either way, and then all of a sudden you have your nine and seven, ten and six, eleven and five type of teams, and you know, that's the the very small margin of error allowed for in the NFL now, uh, with the parity that is just constantly being shown week to week that it is very hard to handicap the NFL. And yeah, that's just just you know it's not making the uh, the absolutes if there are any um, as absolute. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just a couple notes from week five. Um, I uh, I got a hard time believing in Denver if they're not playing in Denver. They're just they're not a very good team away from home. And it seems like we I know that uh, if you've listened to this podcast before we've definitely spoke about the advantage that Denver seems to have in September every season where they get off to a 2-0 and start, a hot start uh, because of the advantage they have of playing at home, high altitudes early in the season. Guys just, other teams aren't conditioned to play four quarters in Denver and they, they essentially dupe the public into believing that they're a, a solid team through two, three weeks and then all of a sudden, very quickly, they, you know, they're uh, <laughs> they're falling down the uh, the power rankings. They're they're under five hundred, and 
and not looking like they're going to be turning it around anytime soon. Case Keenum isn't working out like John Elway probably was uh, hoping. Um, I touched on Buffalo a little bit earlier. Their defense seems to be good enough to keep them in games against teams that just aren't very good or or at least teams especially when they're playing in Buffalo if a team is struggling on offense like a Tennessee team was last Sunday the Buffalo Bills are good enough on defense that they can keep them in it and and they proved it by winning 13 to 12 on Sunday um Minnesota had a very impressive road win I liked uh I like their ability to carry out the the game plan and, and, and get that W, even though Kirk Cousins was constantly getting harassed in that backfield. That um, The old uh, Lombardi adage that bad teams don't, bad O-lines don't travel well uh, is something that we truly believe in here at the uh, Talking Pigskin podcast here. Um not just myself, but my uh, my counterpart who is not here tonight. Um, it, we both believe that through and through. And last week, with Minnesota winning against a very good defensive front in Philly, and the Giants keeping it as close and scoring as many points in Carolina when Carolina was coming off of a bye, it just kind of it was shocking. I I uh, I thought the Minnesota Philly game would have been. A little bit tighter and probably with Philly coming out. I think uh, both of us had picked Philly last week and we were both wrong with that game. But uh, that has to do more so with uh, Kirk Cousins just kind of... he Like, he didn't have an amazing game, but it was good enough to get the W. And um, he took a beating to, to, to get it. Um, so that bad O-line was, was able to travel somewhat successfully and the Giants probably played their best game, uh, to date against the, in a loss to, uh, to Carolina. Um, I kind of expected more of a repeat performance of, uh, week one in the season when Carolina handedly, uh, beat Dallas. It was only an eight point victory, 16 to eight. But the score didn't depict just how lopsided that the dominance was by by the Carolina defense that day. Um, and uh, that's basically it for week five before I move on to week six. I'm just checking my notes here. Um, I was impressed with Kansas City. They, they won it in a different way. Um, Michael say that uh, Fairweather Blake uh, just did just can't play in the rain, but it was I think it was a lot more than that, um, and he wouldn't just say it was just that. But um, I saw drops on the outside by receivers, and like I said, Kansas City won a different way, uh, where uh, their defense was getting takeaways, their defense scored on the pick six. It was just handed to them from Bortles. Um, so I was impressed to see Kansas City win a different way in their defense to show a little bit of a, a pulse. Um, uh, disappointed, obviously, as a Cowboy fan uh, with Sunday Nighter. The decision to punt on 4th and 1, I could go off on a tangent about it, but it's now Saturday night. So I'm I'm basically over it, and I'm feeling somewhat optimistic that Dak might actually uh, have a tick in his column in the quarterback matchup this week against Bortles. So I'm I'm not gonna harp on it. I'm it's over with now. Um, uh, I guess the only other thing that uh, I've got here is that I'm basically writing off the Falcons in my mind. I just think that. Injuries they have on that defense are, are way too much to overcome at this point. They're going to be able to win games when they're at home and they're scoring points, but I 
just can't see them being able to put up enough points on in road games um, to overcome that defense because they're going to get lit up. So unless they make a splash before the trade deadline and, and do something to help that defense, I just don't see it. Uh, so yeah, that's basically it uh, for week five recap. Uh, Cincinnati did what they were supposed to despite a terrible start. Uh, Miami had the special teams touchdown and another early score. They're up 17-0, and then Cincinnati goes and scores 27 unanswered So, and, and covers. So, um, Arizona got the first victory. Me and we both, we both had that wrong. We, uh, we were thinking San Fran with CJ and, and the running game would be enough and that was wrong. Rosen seems to make that offense move a lot better than Bradford was. Uh, and Christian Kirk seemed to be coming to life a little bit. Uh, I believe he's out-targeted Larry Fitz the last two weeks in a row, so we'll see what, how that looks going forward. Um, still haven't had that, that big, dominant David Johnson performance, but uh, lots of teams seem to be struggling to find their identity through five weeks in the NFL, and it really just more than ever seems like such a crapshoot. But uh, with that said, we'll see uh, how these predictions go uh, for week six. So, uh, like I said, I'm recording this on Saturday. Uh, I know I had Philly on the road Thursday night, and they won handedly. Um, my, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going Atlanta at home over Tampa. I know Tampa's coming off the bye, but they're, they're going to be on the road. So I'm going Atlanta based on I think they can score more against Tampa's bad defense than what Tampa's offense can score on the road against Atlanta's banged-up defense. And that's basically the the end of the tail of the tape. To that. I think that's the main matchup where there's not, not so much of a like it is there's the Atlanta running game and the Atlanta wide receivers should dominate against that Tampa secondary and I like the Falcons quarterback much more than than Jameis so I give the tip to to Matt Ryan there and like I said I know the I don't have any faith in that Atlanta defense but I do somewhat since that week 1 pitiful performance against the Eagles in the red zone Atlanta seems to be basically scoring at will. It's a little bit troubling that they they only put up 17 against Pittsburgh, but I think that had more to do with being on the road and the Pittsburgh pass rush was pretty dominant last Sunday. So uh, it's not it it's not a crazy confident pick, but I am going Atlanta uh, next game. And it if there is one more thing about that is. It's a divisional game, so it probably it could be a shootout. It could be back and forth all game. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a case of who has the ball last. But with that said, I do have currently Tampa ranked 23rd in the league and Atlanta ranked 22nd. Um, Atlanta is the highest ranked 1-4 team on my rankings. Um, but I... Is like I said, it's so hard to keep like to not keep that injury injured plague defense on your mind when you're talking about picking Atlanta. But I just don't believe in Jameis, especially on the road. So even coming off the bye, they've had extra time to prepare. But I'm going Falcons. Uh, next game, I got the my personally ranked tenth place Chargers against the thirteenth ranked Browns, and I think. The main thing that this game's going to come down to is if Cleveland can play good defense without having to blitz, then I think they can win. I think Baker's going to put some points up against the Chargers' defense. But historically, Phillip Rivers will torch a defense that blitzes. So, and Cleveland's defensive coordinator loves to dial up blitzes. So, eh, it's so hard to pick this game because. 
I like what I've seen from Baker. He's definitely it's a different Cleveland team. I'm not a hundred percent sold on the Chargers on the road yet. Um it'll be interesting to see what Melvin Gordon does against Cleveland's defense and who Denzel Ward is gonna match up against in the Chargers wide receiver rotation. Again, uh I think the blitzing factor for Cleveland defense has a lot to do with the outcome of this game. If they don't blitz and their defense is, is playing well, I think it's uh, the home field advantage, the long road trip for the Chargers, it, and the way Baker's slinging it around. is uh, if, if Cleveland wins the turnover battle, that, um, that could be enough. But again, it's it's sort of like the uh, the previous pick where I'm not a hundred percent confident, but and and it's very hard to be picking an NFL win. But uh, I'm gonna go with the home team Browns. Uh, next game we got the one and four Colts against the two and three Jets. Jets are coming off a win against the Broncos last week, where Darnold uh, had a couple. Uh, nice touchdowns. He uh, seems to be easing into his his role as the the team leader and the starter and starting quarterback in New York. Um, I'm sure Giants fans would <laughs> would love to be looking at Darnold playing quarterback instead of Eli right now. But uh, the Colts they got a little bit more of of a rest coming off last week's Thursday nighter against New England. Um, I, I'm not again. There's gonna be a lot. You're gonna hear me say this probably quite a bit. I'm not confident in a lot of these picks. There's only a handful this week, but that might be a good thing because I'm not exactly setting the world on fire with uh, my win loss column right now. And I've been much more confident in the weeks past making these selections and being wrong. So hopefully, I'm uh, I'm guessing the right way because that's really all it comes down to is 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 a guess based on the research and the numbers and the eye test. Um, it's pretty hard to watch every single NFL game. But I'm doing my best uh, to be able to report on this somewhat educated. Uh, certainly educated more than some and, and nowhere near as much as others. But uh, I'm going with the 1-4 and four Colts based on the belief that luck can uh, he can continue to build some sort of rapport with these these wide receivers and um, continue to push the ball down the field more and more each week and I'm gonna keep an eye on those uh, air yards per attempt because as soon as and who knows if that's gonna go up too much this week I don't know the status on Ty at this point but if Hilton's not in there then that offense definitely struggles. Um, but I don't think Indy is just a complete write-off. I think they're good enough to frustrate certain teams, and I think the Jets are one of them. So it's, uh, it's kind of a battle of the bad. It's the 30th-ranked Colts against 25th-ranked Jets in my power rankings. So it's not a confident pick but i'm going to go with the road dog in this one i'm going to go with the colts and they're going to get their second win of the year uh moving on to the seahawks and the raiders um i don't recall seeing the spread in seattle's favor in this but i would imagine they are the favorite um they're favorited in my mind because I've got Seattle ranked higher than Oakland. And with that said, I'm taking the Raiders this week. Uh, strictly because Seattle is a different team on the road. As a Cowboy fan, I wish we would have played them in AT&T Stadium. I'd much rather play them on, uh, on the, having Seattle on the road. They're just such a different team that... that Home field advantage is still a major impact for the Seahawks. Um, it's still a tough place to play in the league, even though they are far from the same 
product that those fans were used to cheering for a couple of years ago. But um, on the road, I think that uh, it's it's going to be a tough environment. Oakland's got to be frustrated to start one and four. They've got talent around the team, and I think I, I said this last week uh, that it's going to start to show that Earl Thomas is out, um, and I think it, it continues to look that like the Rams only scored 33 last week. That's not crazy for the Rams, but 33 on the road in Seattle in a divisional game is is pretty impressive. So I think it, uh, Oakland can can reach that 30-point mark at home, and I can't see Seattle scoring 28, 30 points uh, on the road, even though all season I've been talking about just how old Oakland looks, especially on defense. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's kind of a feel pick. I'm going with the one in four team, two to, uh, for the third time. <laughs> That's crazy. I've made five picks, and three of them are teams that are one and four. But that's the NFL apparently. So, uh, finally, a game that I think you sh- you can be confident in. Um, it might be a trap game for the Panthers going on the road into Washington, but. I've got Carolina. I'm I'm respecting Carolina. I've got them ranked pretty high, probably higher than some others. But I've got them ranked fifth right now. Currently, um, they did have that early buy. It'll be interesting interesting to see how that either helps or hurts them throughout the season. They got a pretty tough schedule coming up, um, so uh, they definitely want to take advantage of of playing a, a lesser opponent in the Redskins. But the Redskins coming off uh, an early bye, much like the Panthers, and and being embarrassed on the road on Monday night, they probably are going to give it a spirited effort. Um, but much like last week, um, me picking Keekly and the Panthers' defense against the running game of... Washington, uh, sorry, of the Giants last week. I'm going to do the same thing this week, picking Carolina over Washington, basically because of the Carolina front seven against Alex Smith and, and Adrian Peterson. Um, last week, Mike was thinking an upset with, uh, with Washington over New Orleans. Um, maybe... He was thinking because of coming off the bye. I, would, I, I wish he was here. I wish we didn't both have such a, a hectic, crazy week uh, where we could have gone over, not just the buses, buses balls, but just to go over what he was thinking and why he thinks it didn't. Like He thought AP was going to keep Breeze off the field, and he ended with six carries for four yards. Now I know that New Orleans got up big early, uh, and that kind of took APO the game plan, but I never like I asked him, you really think that that's a, a successful game plan strategy in 2018, making Adrian Peterson your bell cow? Um, I know that he's had two somewhat big games earlier in the season, but I don't know it, who they really played. Did like I don't know. I'm just not sold on them. It could be my cowboy bias, but. Um, I want Carolina to win. I think they should win. I think they will win. So I'm picking them to win. Simple as that. <laughs> uh, next up, giving them a little bit of respect. I'm putting them at 27th in the power rankings. That's the Bills, two and three, going on the road to Houston to play the two and three Texans, who I probably have ranked about perfect at 18th in the league right now. Um, Deshaun Watson took a beating on Sunday night. I thought for sure he had broken ribs. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is just a monster. So, and that, that, that defense, Watson and Clowney just, they can ruin a game very easily. Uh, just constantly in the backfield, making it tough. 
and I think that Josh Allen is going to have a nightmare of a road game. With that said, I just finished talking about how the Bills can kind of hang around because of their defense against lesser teams, but I did kind of say how that is more likely to happen in Orchard Park. I don't believe in the Bills on the road. Um, They did go in (laughs) and slap Minnesota around on the road, but I think that was more of a Minnesota looking ahead to the Rams Thursday nighter they had. Um, And that's just just one of those crazy any given Sunday games that I bet you that ruined a lot of survivor pools for a lot of people. But anyways, uh, I'm going Houston this week because I don't believe in the Bills on the road. I'm not fully sold on Houston, but they... They've got a two-game win streak going on, and they should be motivated to get to that that uh, back to five hundred to get to a third win in a row um, against a lesser Bills team. I'm th- I'm thinking Josh Allen has a real tough day because of that Houston pass rush, and Hopkins is gonna continue to just do whatever he wants. Essentially, he uh, he needs to be talked about a little bit more. I think when talking about best receivers in the league because um, he, he I, I saw one of the first pass interference calls in his favor uh, and it just happened to be against a guy uh, that's never got a pass interference call in the NFL in his fourth season and who, who has played every single game through those four seasons in Byron Jones so that's pretty crazy that uh, the guy that never gets P.I flags in his favor in Hopkins gets one against someone who's literally never been called for it so that was just kind of weird um but anyways nothing really too crazy uh analysis wise on that because I just don't believe in in Buffalo on the road and I saw firsthand every minute of last Sunday night's game and uh I don't think that the Buffalo pass rush is going to look anything like what Dallas has did. Um, so Watson shouldn't have as tough of a day and should be able to make just enough. I, I, I think 24-14 is kind of a maybe not even 24-13, 24-16, something like that. I see Buffalo's in a score. It's probably going to be field goals. Um, I think Houston can start to uh, see a little bit more of an, uh, a similarity in their offense that they they saw last uh, year with the uh, the bigger plays and, and pushing it down the field a little bit more um, because Watson's definitely not playing uh, scared uh, like a guy might coming off of a, an ACL injury like his. So that's got to be encouraging for Texans fans. Uh, next game, this is one of my my locks. I think it should be everybody's lock. I'm not saying anything too profound here, but uh, Arizona going on the road to play Minnesota. Minnesota's going to have to start stockpiling wins, uh, especially against bad teams, because um, they're not going to have too many games where they're playing against bad teams, and this is one of them playing against the Cardinals, so they, they have to take advantage of this if they're going to uh, keep pace with the Bears. Um, so I got Minnesota in this one confidently. Um, spread's a little high. It's it's 10.5. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to touch that spread. But I definitely am not confident enough in taking the points with Arizona. So maybe for you people out there that like to tease uh, point spread, 17.5 for Arizona, who knows? I, I still wouldn't even be confident in that. That's just one of those. Minnesota's going to win, but I don't know if they're going to just run away with it and pound them or not, but uh, I am confident that they are going to get the W. Uh, next one's going to be a probably a really good game. Uh, you got Pittsburgh going into Cincinnati. Cincinnati's 4-1 on the year. Could be undefeated if it wasn't for uh, that, one, that one turnover riddled game. Um, Cincinnati... It's looked very impressive. Uh, I'm going to take them at home. 
it's hard for me to go against Cincinnati based off what I've seen this year. Um, I still don't really believe in Pittsburgh. I think it was more of a case that they did what they should have against Atlanta last week. Um, they're again, they're it, this could be big for them uh, in terms of the division. They're not out of it yet. Uh, really, it's probably the best division in football. All four teams are above five hundred currently. Um, or sorry, that's not. They're not above five hundred, but uh, no one's got a losing record. Sorry, yeah. Pittsburgh's two two and one. Cleveland's two two and one, and and Cincinnati's four and one, and Baltimore's three and two. Uh, so yeah, I think Cincinnati uh gets the W and and gives himself a good chance at pulling away with this division uh through six weeks having wins against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Um, next game's the Bears against the Dolphins, and. If you've listened to us before, you've heard that Miami is the worst 3-0 football team of all time, and that's probably going to be continue, continued to be proven uh, when they fall to 3-3 three and three after Chicago wins this week. Uh, I'm finally giving Chicago the, res- the respect they deserve. I got them inside my top 10 now. Um, they're my 8th-ranked team in the league currently. Miami's fallen to 24th. Um, so that's enough of a difference for me to be confident. The next two teams are even further separated in terms of my power rankings. That's the Rams and the the Broncos. They're separated by 26 spots. Uh, I will confidently take the Rams in, in this game. However, I think that it can be a little closer than some might expect. The Rams, surprisingly enough, based on all the money they spent their their run defense and their their pass defense hasn't been very good um run defense hasn't looked good even though they've they've got uh sue and and donald in there but the the pass offense hasn't been good either with the injuries um i can see i could see Cortland sun going for a i think i, I heard this somewhere else and as soon as I heard it, I thought, yeah, I could see it. And I, I tried to pick him up off waivers, but not available. Uh, either way, I could see him burning Marcus Peters for like a 60, 70-yard touchdown this week. Um, I think Denver's, if Case Keenum can do anything uh, on play action with success on Denver's run offense, especially at home, then it could be a tighter game than the Rams would like. Uh, I'm still going to take the Rams to win because I just think it's hard to outplay them for, for 60 minutes. But uh, especially if Denver can, can score first, get out to a lead, it uh, I think they'll they'll be able to, to hang around in the game a lot longer. Um, next game, I am not confident in, in saying that I'm going to pick the Ravens over the, the Titans. I just can't seem to catch up with the Titans they win when I pick against them and they lose when I pick them um there's a couple teams like that this year um for me anyways I don't know how how your picks are going um but uh for me I'm having a tough time picking uh the Buccaneers I'm having a tough time picking the Texans and also Tennessee, I said. And there's one more team that's just giving me fits picking. Green Bay. I don't think I've picked them correct yet. Yeah, maybe once. I think I picked them week one against the Bears, and that's it. Everything else I've lost. Either way, um, this is the for, for this podcast, this next game. Um, the Cowboys and the Jags, I'm going to save for last. Uh, I've got Kansas City against New England in the Sunday Nighter. And I just can't bet against Pat Mahomes yet. And it's, it's going to be the toughest test yet. 
probably not in terms of uh, who they're playing talent-wise. That was last week with Jacksonville's defense. This week it's more about the primetime Sunday nighter against Bill Belichick and what Bill Pel- Bill Belichick's going to scheme, what he's going to take away. Uh, I, I can almost guarantee you that Tyree Kill is going to have a tough time separating uh, from double teams. Uh, he's probably not going to get the ball kicked to him in special teams. So it'll be interesting for me to see how Andy Reid uh, can use that to his advantage and letting him be a decoy essentially and letting other guys eat. Um, flirting with starting Sammy Watkins this week because of it in my flex. Um, I kind of... This this might be one of those... Those you get burned games for betting against New England, but I don't think this is the same Patriots team that we're accustomed to seeing. Although the offense... I think can score enough to keep pace, but I'm gonna go with the young gun. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely gonna go with the young gun. More so because I can almost see Bilicek not, I don't wanna say throwing this game, but letting the Chiefs show them their best shot, so to speak, um, and then winning when it matters in January. Because um, I feel like Belichick could learn more from a loss, in a sense, this week than he could if Mahomes just goes out and lays an egg and the Patriots are able to do enough on offense to just put away the, the Chiefs um, early in this game and, and and make it so that Mahomes has to play catch-up and just cause mistakes. Uh, I don't see that happening. I, I could see more of a kind of a just a, a show-me-what-you-got look from the Patriots' defense and we'll scheme things later when we play you when it counts. Uh, to to take away what you're good at, but we want to see what you're you're good at against us first to know what to take away, kind of thing. Like I wouldn't be su- I won't be surprised if Casey wins. That's why I'm gonna pick him. But uh, and I think it's because it's more of a you can beat us in the battle, but we're gonna win the war mentality from them. I've heard somewhere before multiple times that they will run plays that they know gets a, a certain guy open, but they, they never give it to them early because they don't want to put it on tape. And then they, they're they running the, the same looks in the playoffs and crucial games later in the season when it matters to get home field and whatnot. Um, and that's when they go to uh, those looks that they've known for weeks work and they're, and they're just not giving it to that. That target because they they don't want to put it on tape for other teams to see too early, um, and I don't think that's far fetched at all when when talking about Bill Belichick. So it's kind of my two cents on that game. Uh, I think it's going to be probably the game of the week. Um, Monday nighter Packers at home against the Niners. Green Bay doesn't look great, but they're gonna look good enough at home in prime time. To beat a bad Niners team that just doesn't have have anything really going for them, their you know their star quarterback is gone for the year. Running back that's looked impressive early is banged up. Um, I'll be really surprised if if Green Bay continues to struggle. Um, yeah, that's about it for for every other game other than. Jacksonville, Dallas. Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to this game. I'm hoping uh, my co-host and I, we've got our uh, our men's league championship football game tomorrow for for men's league touch football. So we're gonna go out and and hopefully win a three peat in the morning, and then uh, bust each other's balls all afternoon watching uh, our two teams play each other. 
where I think, despite the terrible start that the Cowboys' offense has gotten off to this year and just the vanilla-ness of Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan, um, I think that this team might look okay on Sunday despite playing the Jags' defense. Um, they've kind of proven that they can they can play good run defense when guys are trying to get outside. Jacksonville's athletic linebackers can can run side to side and kind of disrupt that, but they don't necessarily look too good and when when teams are just trying to uh, power run it up uh, in between the tackles against them. Um, they've given up some fairly big uh, runs and a couple games there's uh, teams accumulating over 100 yards rushing on them, so know the Giants did that. I know it was mostly one big run from Saquon when it didn't really matter. Made the game tighter, but they never really had a chance of winning that. The Giants are terrible. Um, the Chiefs ran well against uh, the, the Jags last week, so I'm hoping that Ezekiel can have a big game. I'm I'm dying to see the O line for the Cowboys look what they're like what they're supposed to, and I don't know if that's ever going to happen this year with. With Frederick out and Connor Williams probably being undersized still at, at this point in his rookie year, um, I'd love to see Lael Collins start playing a little better, and I'd love to see Tyron Smith remind everyone that he's the best left tackle in the game because really it's been Zach Martin that's been basically flawless so far this year, and that's to be expected. But I I was hoping it would elevate the play of Looney, and he hasn't been terrible, but. Uh, they weren't confident enough to to run the ball in fourth and one, uh, with a chance in, in with a chance to win the game in overtime in opponent's territory, uh, territory. So that's that's head scratching. Uh, I don't know if the Michael picked that up, but I'm literally just beside like beside myself, scratching my head, thinking back to that. I don't want to go off on that as I said earlier, but um, I think that. The Jags' defense is very aggressive, and Dallas can look somewhat impressive in the misdirections on offense when they run them, with the waggles and the jet sweeps and different fade the run PO or RPOs. So it it's just a matter of what what conservative play calls are going to be called and which ones aren't and and. Is there going to be more wrinkles yet to have been seen by this Cowboys offense? Because it's, uh, it's not encouraging at all. But I think it, it's it got a, a chance to... Uh, <laughs> I hate to say it, but so, I guess mislead fans of the Cowboys a little longer. That they can do this with Jason Garrett coaching and Scott Linehan calling the plays. Uh I'm not confident that it can happen, but I do think that it can happen this Sunday if the defense can can get a couple takeaways. If that if if Dallas pass rush can disrupt Bortles, he'll give you the ball. And no Fournette again. They got Jamal Charles coming out of reti- well not out of retirement, but out of uh, the couch cushion that he was sitting on the last year. Uh, instead of playing quarterback, or sorry, instead of playing running back, so it'll be interesting. I I I'll be really upset if uh, Dallas loses this game because Jamal Charles goes off. Um, so I think they got the running back advantage. They got the quarterback advantage. The defense for the Jags is, isn't as significant an advantage uh, as you might think. Dallas's defense is looked fairly impressive. Um, I believe they're getting David Irving back this week. That should help the interior uh, pass rush. And it's not going to hurt the run defense. Um, Dallas cornerback Chidabe Awuzie looks to be questionable with the ankle. He didn't play in the second half of last week's game. That did probably hurt the defense a little bit. Uh, Jordan Lewis wasn't terrible in his place. Um, But... Those are the main, th- and I think you're going to see um, a very 
evenly matched linebacker uh, advantage or lack thereof uh, for the Jags and the Cowboys. Like, and that's with Sean Lee out. Uh, Leighton Van Der Esch has looked good uh, through five games in his rookie year, four st- or three starts, I believe. Um, I thought that based on what happened to the Cowboys last year when Sean Lee didn't play, that uh, it was lights out the game. You could just chalk up the loss. But uh, they're 1-1 one one this year with without uh, Sean Lee. So I'm encouraged going forward. That might be the best young linebacking core in the NFL with uh, the way Jalen Smith is playing. Um, it's, uh, it's encouraging to see because many people thought that it wasn't a good pick. He might not ever play again, yada, yada, yada. Everyone knows the story of Jalen Smith. Um, but now the Cowboys hopefully can reap the benefits of taking that, that risk and that flyer on a second-round draft pick with him because, as you've seen with Jags, theirs has worked out with Miles Jack um, where he was banged up going into the draft process and fell a bit, but... Um, it's more of a, it wasn't, uh, will he ever play again? Like Jalen, it was a, how long will he be able to play? And so far, he's he stood up to the uh, the rigors of the NFL. So, um, but th- at this point now, you, m- you might give the, the benefit of the doubt that Jalen Smith has been playing better at this point than of the season than Miles Jack has been. So it'll be nice to see them both on the same field on Sunday. Um, I'm really looking forward more, uh, probably more to see a Dallas dominant uh, performance on defense and just enough on offense because I think expecting an offensive breakout against this defense would be crazy. But I think that they can do enough if there's if Dallas doesn't turn it over and they can get a takeaway or two, then I think that's going to be enough. And I certainly hope that's going to be enough because I want to be able to. Uh, Take the piss out of Mike next week. <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully this isn't uh, gonna be a trend. Uh, these are, uh, you know, I'm gonna call it a struggle cast before I call it a solo cast again. Uh, hopefully, you uh, you're still listening. Uh, you haven't turned it off. I hopefully haven't been rambling on for too long. A um, couple more things before I log off. Uh, just want to uh, make a point that. At this point, through five weeks, sorry, uh, yeah, five weeks, I got the Rams at number one in my power rankings. I got Kansas City at number two, both teams 5-0. and all. I got New Orleans at three, currently 4-1, and one, and those three teams were all in the same spot last week. Uh, New England has moved up four spots from eight to four in my power rankings. And I don't see any of those four teams moving from the top four. They might, someone might slide up and slide down one or two. I really don't see those four teams leaving my top four. It's going to take a lot. So know that moving forward. Uh, if you're a consistent listener, which I hope you are, um, I also think that those are going to be the NFC and AFC championship games. I mean, it's going to be Rams versus Saints and uh, Chiefs versus Pats. And I think it's going to be a Saints versus Chiefs Super Bowl. And I think that Drew Brees is going to ride off in the sunset with his first MVP award, his second NFL Super Bowl trophy, and an MVP Super Bowl performance for what I thought my co-host was talking about a couple weeks ago talking about the quarterback triple crown um and he uh wasn't referring to that but that's what i think he can is capable of doing this year is that's the nfl mvp super bowl champ super bowl mvp that's uh how i think this is all going to shake out it's a long way off from there um but because of my thoughts on that uh i think that those four teams are just going to stay in my top four, it's going to take a lot to move them. Uh, I probably won't be paying as 
putting as much uh, airtime into the power rankings because of that also. Uh, I'll run through them now, and unless there's some drastic things happening, we're probably not going to be giving too much attention to power rankings. So uh, rounding out the top fives, Carolina, they've basically been there almost all year. Cincinnati set the sixth spot. Jacksonville slid to seven. I got Chicago moving up to eight. Minnesota moved up quite a bit with the road victory against the Eagles to the nine. And then I've got the Chargers in the 10 spot, but I wouldn't be surprised if Philly gets back in that top 10. Tennessee is going to probably continue to fall. And then there's just a lot of other teams that are kind of the same. There's the middle of the pack teams that are the the fringe playoff teams, probably wild card teams like the the Ravens, the uh, you know the Houston's, the Pittsburghs, the Baltimore's, the Green Bay's. That's kind of that second tier, and then you know you got your crapshoot at the bottom with San Francisco, Arizona, Giants, Oakland, Buffalo, Indy. Jets, Denver, Miami, probably even. And then, you know, uh, maybe the question mark teams, but the writings on the wall is, you know, Tampa Bay, probably trending down. Atlanta, probably trending down. Dallas, probably trending down. Same for Seattle, Washington. Uh, Detroit's a weird team, but I think there's too much talent in their division for them to do anything. Um... So it's going to be basically, that's where it's going to be locked in for now. Um, I shouldn't say locked in because anything can happen any given Sunday. I said that a lot also this uh, tonight, but uh, that's basically it. Um, I think that I'm going to bid you adieu. Thanks for listening. Uh, let me know. That you are out there listening, uh, follow us on Twitter uh, at talking underscore pigskin. It's T A L K I N G underscore P I G S K I N. Uh, Instagram is at talking pigskin pod. And yeah, hit us up uh, on either one of those outlets. Leave a comment, let us know what you think. Uh, Leave a question for next week's uh, podcast. Hopefully going to be getting that out uh, probably shortly after the Monday Nighter, but um, that's not locked in schedule-wise yet for us. Uh, apologize for this getting out late. Hopefully uh, you got to do some last-minute cramming Sunday morning and you see this on uh, your timeline and you, you tune in, you enjoy it, and you, you continue to do so. Uh, sorry for the struggle cast. Hard to do, uh, hard to do this by yourself, but, uh, it won't always be like this. And, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time.